You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. And you'll hear Sports ASA every weeknight from 6pm with me, Paul Bonza, and with my normal partner in crime tonight, Dan Menzel. How are you, Menz? I'm going well, Bonza. It's good to be here. I'm really looking forward to uh, breaking down a few things tonight, in particular the uh, cricket that starts tomorrow between Australia over in India. Yes, and we've got an exclusive interview that just got sent through to us, uh, Barat Sundarason, speaking to Pat Cummings. So we'll play that very, very shortly. Um, we'll talk about the cricket. We'll talk about the NBA awards. It's a big day for LeBron James becoming the leading scorer in the NBA. Massive. You've got uh, your best midfield. We had Jade Rawlings pick his best defence last week. You've gone to the midfield and picked your best, uh, I guess, seven midfielders. Yeah, and hard to do, I think. Yep. Probably the hardest line out of the defenders, forwards and mids. But uh, we've had a crack and we'll see how we go later on in the show. And from the Reds, Ryan Kiddo will join us later as well. Looking forward to chat with him. You can be part of the show, 0427 154 166. That's the text line. Or you can give us a call, 1300 736 736. Let's get into it straight away, men's. The hot topic is the test match. Uh, thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time? Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. The first test starts in Nagpur tomorrow, and already there are questions around the pitch. We've both seen it. <laughs> what are your initial thoughts, oh, Vince? It is. Uh, it's incredible that uh, there is different parts of the pitch. There's pockets on either side for the left-hand batsman, which look different to the rest of the pitch, which uh, is pretty incredible in today's day and age. However, I'm not completely against it, Bonds. I actually okay. I don't mind that the home team gets to... Maybe not doctor the pitch too much, but actually gets to have the conditions that will favour their home team. And we certainly know that in India, with the passion they have around cricket, uh, their groundsmen will be under a lot of pressure from the Indian Cricket Board to make sure it's friendly and spin-friendly for well, their team. Last time they tried to doctor a pitch to help them out, they lost the test match. Steve O'Keefe went through the Indians. Australia won the test match. The curator got fired. Mm, <laughs> there you go. So it's, uh, it's interesting where the blame will lie. Uh, but it will be interesting. Uh, Australia haven't played in Nagpur since 2008, which is where Jason Crozier took 12 wickets. So there's a, a little um, there flashback go. there with Jason Crozier. The other point on Nagpur, so the first test in India in Nagpur is um, the last game, the last test match that was played there was India versus South Africa in 2017. Now, the game was over in just over two days with 38 out of the 40 wickets going to spin. So I think that shows what we potentially might be in for over these next four or five days if it goes that far. Well, Steve Smith had a look at the wicket. Let's have a listen to what he said. Pretty dry, uh, particularly one end. Um, 
that I think will uh, take a bit of spin, um, particularly the left arm spinners spinning it back into our left-handers. Um, there's a section there that's quite dry. Um, other than that, I can't really get a good gauge on it. I'm not sure. I don't think there'll be a heap of bounce in the wicket. I think it'll be quite, for the seamers, quite skiddy um, and maybe a bit of up and down movement as the game goes on. Um, the cracks felt uh, quite loose. Um, so, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, we'll, we'll wait and see when we get out there. Yeah, so Steve Smith uh, was quite... Trying to be trying to be politically correct. Yeah, he I was. Think. He was. Uh, he knows it's going to be a challenging test match for the batsmen and uh, particularly for the Australian team, which is going to have at least a handful of left-handers. So let's have a look at the potential lineup and how we, we would select it. Uh, Bonds, your thoughts on our potential eleven? Well, I think the batters. Uh, there is a doubt over whether they play Renshaw because he's left-handed, yep. or they bring in Hampson because he's right-handed. So Cam Green, no good to go, ruled out. So there is yep. that spot available. So is it Hanscom? Is it Cam? Uh, is it um, Renshaw? More than likely, won't play the extra bowler. Who would you go out of Hanscom and Renshaw at six? Uh, um, I'm playing. Renshaw, looking at the wicket. I'm, oh, I'm playing Renshaw. I'm going Hanscom looking at the wicket because he's a right-hander. Yeah, and so I, that, that uh, might alleviate that a little bit. It's incredible. If you haven't seen a picture of the wicket, you've got to, you've got to um, chase this up by the test tomorrow. What about on the bowling side of things? So it looks like Scott Boland will play because we don't have Hazelwood and yep. we don't have Stark for this first test. Yep, I think Boland plays. So, I, I, and also said Murphy plays. A couple of weeks ago. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you did I'm, mention I'm that. keener even more so now. So, okay, so that would mean Cummings and Bolin lead the attack with Lyon as our spinner, and the next spinner will potentially be Murphy. I would go Murphy as well. I think the names, the chances are Schwepson, but I don't think he's going to play, and I think it's between Murphy and Agar. Personally, I would – why not throw in Murphy? I think uh, – Two wrist spinners then with Nathan Lyon as well. Uh, it's going to be a spin-friendly test. Why not give him a crack and see what he does? You never know. In his first test match, he might just strike gold. He might. And we've got we've got Steve Smith. We've got Travis Head. Even Marnus can turn him if you need. So there's plenty of spin options there. But uh, we certainly won't be playing more than two pacemen in the first test as it will be very spin-friendly looking at this pitch. Now, as we mentioned, we've got an exclusive interview that Barat Sunderason uh, has done with Pat Cummings, which just been emailed through to us. So we're going to play that for you now. Patrick Cummings, thanks for speaking to us. Uh, India tour, something that every Australian looks forward to. Uh, just being captain for the first time, uh, has it sunk in? Uh, yeah, probably n- not really. Uh, yeah, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Um, uh, we're, we're so excited. Um, you know, it was kind of five years ago the last time we travelled here, six years ago for a test tour, so it's, it's great to be back. It's, um, yeah, we're all up for it. And, and a very different Pat Cummins to six years ago. You were making a comeback to test cricket back then. Now you have the responsibility of uh, captaining the side. And, and also at the time, a, a lot of guys in this team are hungry. It will be their last test tour to India. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I flew over late last time, playing my second test match, kind of not knowing what to expect. So, uh, yeah, excited to be here and, um, you know, in amongst a lot of experience. Um, so... Yeah, it's, as you said, you know, some of the older guys have been here three or four times, but, yeah, this might be the last time. So, yeah, we feel really well placed to, to have a good crack at it. And, and just, look, there's always talk of conditions and spin and, and the, the talent on the Indian side, but it's beyond that, right? Winning in India means you have to embrace the chaos, an expression you've used quite a bit, and, and just embracing the challenge overall. 
that's it. You got to you know you got to be up for it. The conditions are going to be different to what you get at home. Um, you, you've got to just embrace every part of it. Um, I think all those different challenges are what make it really tough. You know, it's not just the wicket. So um, yeah, there's not going to be any surprise for this group. We've all played here before a lot. Um, most of the groups played test cricket in these kind of conditions where they're going to spin. So um, we're ready for it. Can't wait. Uh, and just the preparatory camp in uh, Bangalore, it was a conscious effort to just have some control over conditions that you had. Uh, what did you take of that? And even in terms of just the team coming together? Yeah, just good volume, I think, more than anything else. Even for us tail-enders, just facing lots and lots of overs, um, you know, from, from good quality spin bowling on wickets. Um, even, you know, it takes a couple of days to get over a flight, so... Uh, yeah, really good prep, very relaxed. And then once we got to here to Nagpur, you feel like most of the work's been done and we can just kind of freshen up and focus on the game. There will be a lot of talk of pitches, uh, especially in Nagpur. Uh, it already has begun. Uh, do you shut it out or do you embrace even that as part of being the challenge? Oh, yeah, you've got to embrace it. Um, you know, absolutely. I know someone like you know, Smithy, he loves batting on these wickets. It's, it's, you've got to problem solve on the fly. It's a great challenge, so... Um, no, we're, we're up for it. Even as a fast bowler, you've got to think differently. That, that's good fun. You don't want the same wicket every single week. Uh, just a few injuries with Cam Green and Mitch Stark and now Josh Hazelwood. Uh, but do you think you have enough depth to, to cover those bases as best as you can? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we brought over probably a couple of extra players knowing that there was a few injuries around in the squad. So you know, we felt, you know, we could have you know, we could pick an 11 out of anyone um, that's over here and, and be really comfortable with the team. Uh, you spoke about Steve Smith. You had that great series last time, 300. Uh, also your vice captain. So how much of his brains have you picked already and how much will you be picking going forward, not just in terms of batting, but just field placements and everything else? Uh, a lot, yeah. Out there, you know, especially with spin bowling, just um, I'll be using him a lot to, to give me plenty of different field options, different ideas. Um, he's yeah, played a lot here, had a lot of success here, so I'll be leaning on him. Uh, another senior guy, Nathan Lyon, uh, I mean, won you the test in uh, Lahore alongside you and uh, bowled well in Sri Lanka. Uh, he, he's had success in India before, but just getting that feather on his cap of winning a series in India, uh, how are you looking forward to his series? Man? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's feel really lucky to have someone like Nathan in the team where you just know what you're going to get. and it's, it's class and quality basically every time he bowls. So he's another one who's really excited for this tour. Um, Again, he's, he's learned a lot of lessons from, from playing here a lot. Um, I think he just keeps getting better and better, has more kind of options to go to. And, um, yeah, you know, chatting in the last few days, kind of leading the other spinners at training, it's been great. Uh, just test cricket in India, Pat, uh, I've heard people talk about it being the closest to T20 in terms of, like, strategizing every 15 minutes matter. Uh, so how much on top of things do you need to be both as captain and just as a team? Yeah, you know, a lot of it happens in the planning. And then, you know, for me, it's about having a few different options to go to if, if things change. Um, again, it's, you know, sometimes there are periods where the game just kind of rolls on, but, you know, they're, they're quite rare. You know, the game can really speed up. So, yeah, you just got to be on it. Um, yeah, it's kind of a challenge for me, um, but I look forward to it. How crucial is it not to panic, like, if things are not going away? Oh, it's, it's vital. You know, you got to accept when you come over here. It's it's going to be tough work at times. Um, yeah, they're a really good side in their in their home conditions. It's a four test match series, so um, you know, but in those periods where the game's against you, you've got to try and find a way to 
just compete, get back into the game. Um, and if it doesn't fall our way, well, you know, that's not the end of the tour. We've got four big test matches. And finally, where you with your Hindi, I see David Warner and Steve Smith really on top of the Hindi game. You've been to India quite a bit. Uh, you know, you, you, you can like read a little bit into what's happening between the Indian players with your <laughs> Hindis. Or where is it? <laughs> No, I think I'll lean on a couple of the other guys. Uh, I think Uzi knows a bit of Hindi, so um, yeah, I've got the head wobble down pat. That's about it. It's better than Steve Smith, I must say. <laughs> now, thank you so much, Pat. Go well. Great. Thanks, Ta. We're at Sunder Ace and talking to the Australian captain, Pat Cummins, an exclusive interview we just got emailed through to us. So uh... He's got an important toss tomorrow. He's got a, He's going to be the away team he gets to call, and so it's going to be an important one to win. You you have to bat first if you win the toss with that pitch and put some runs on the board potentially and yep. see what happens. Should um, we, we make a prediction? Yeah, let's make a prediction on the series. Okay. So I'll let you go first. Do you think we can win the series, and what's your prediction? Uh, I, I, I initially said no, that we'd lose 4-0. I've changed my mind. I'm going 2-2. Wow. Okay, so you've given us a real chance. All right. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 to India. Uh, yep. A lot of Australian experts have said they think we'll win. I'm not so gallant and hopeful. I think India's got a great team at the moment. And, and over there with these pitches doctored to how they want, they're going to yep. be hard to beat. Yep, agree. Uh, who's going to be the player of the series? This guy's going to take a stack of wickets. He will do it in the first test in Nagpur. It's Ravi Ashwin for mine. How He'll take that? the new ball. Yes. <laughs> well, that would be great to he see. He will. He will. And he more than likely will. Who Who have you got? Uh, I'm going to go Coley. I think he always performs well against Australia. I think it's uh, one of the last opportunities he's, he's going to get to play against Australia in India. Yep. I think he performs. Um, if Australia somehow win the series, Steve Smith will be the man. Well, Three uh, hundreds, we yep. heard Barat say then in his last Indian tour. He is the man to get it done for us if we can get the job done. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk NBL awards, LeBron James and uh, Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United will join us. This is the Summer Edition, Sports Day SA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you, and we're just keeping the show warm for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who will be back just before the start of footy season to take you across the whole winter. Um, time to talk about the Gazies, the NBL Awards, thanks to Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design. We are playing basketball. Uh, Xavier Cooks was uh, won the Gazy last night. He won the Andrew Gaze Trophy as the most valuable player in the NBL for the season. Um, fitting result, we think. Yeah, it was an obvious one. He averaged 16 points uh, this season, eight rebounds and four assists a game. He's 27 years of age. Bonds, I asked you the question in the hmm. break. Could he make the NBA? Yep, definitely. He, He's good enough to play in the NBA. Got the attributes to be a yep. role player for sure. Yeah, if you compare him to Jock Landau, who's playing there, similar similar position, yep. um, he's easily as good. Uh, our man, Antonius Cleveland, won back-to-back Damian Martin trophies for the best defensive player. Yeah, great to see and get that recognition for uh, really good consistency over the last couple of seasons. And has become my favourite player. Well done, AC. Cairns uh, Taipans coach Adam Ford won the Lindsay Gaze trophy for the coach of the year. 
Yeah, no, and well deserved as well. Taking them from from where they were last year to uh, be a genuine chance this year. They're they're a good team under Adam Ford. And uh, in an absolute shock, uh, Kai Soto was named the fan MVP. Not really a shock. He won it last year as well. Um, That's across the whole league. That's the not whole, just Adelaide yeah, yeah. 36ers. So it's on the back of some great support, following. Some the support from yeah. the Philippines. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's the, the fans pick for the best player. Love the passion. He is loved in the Philippines. And, uh, you know, they've got a couple of million people who love their basketball and love Kai and they send their votes in and... No one can catch him. Exactly that. And speaking of a man that's loved, I've been looking forward to talking about this guy all day today since he broke the record bonds. uh, Yes, LeBron James. Um, Should we have a listen to LeBron's little speech? On the court during the game? On the court. Uh, I just want to say um, thank you to the Laker faithful. Um, You guys are one of a kind. To be able to be in the presence of such a legend and great as Kareem, it, it means so much to me. It's very humbling. Um, please give a standing ovation to the to the captain, please. To my beautiful wife, my daughter, my two boys, my friends, my boys, my family, my mother, all my man, everybody that's ever been a part of this run with me the last 20 years, 20 plus years. I just want to say I thank you so much because I wouldn't be me without y'all. All y'all help. All y'all passion, all y'all sacrifices helped me get to this point. And to the NBA, to Adam Silver, to the late, great David Stern, I thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of something I've always dreamed about. And um, I would never, ever, in a million years, uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So, fuck, man. Thank you, guys. Lucky Sam had his finger on the beat button there. Uh, LeBron dropped the f bomb at the end of his speech, he, and he normally doesn't. He doesn't normally do that. Bonds. He's very good in the media. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. A little bit of emotion there coming out. Now he needed thirty-five points to tie the record yes. of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar today. Thirty-six to go ahead. He scored thirty-eight points. If you saw what he was wearing to the game, his get-up, a beautiful black suit. Uh, there was a lot of people that talked about it in the pregame and said he is getting that record tonight for sure. Look what he's wearing, and it was always going to happen, wasn't it? Was it was always going to happen. Um, there's no way it wasn't. They were ready for it. Oh, the thing that surprised me, there was 10 seconds to go in the third quarter when he hit the shot. To beautiful be, fadeaway shot. Beautiful, beautiful shot. Classic, classic LeBron. And uh, the game stopped. They did a presentation. There was a video going. They gave him a microphone. He had a speech. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar handed him the match ball. Yes. Yeah, it was was well done by the NBA. It was extremely well done. They they are so good with the theatre over there. And uh, LeBron, it looked like he went into the uh, locker room at three-quarter time and didn't have much more to do with that game. He was drinking his champagne. They ended up losing the game by three points. But I think that's... uh, (laughs) He did not care. He had zero interest in that. So congratulations to LeBron James, the all-time leading scorer. And it's just going to continue to throw that GOAT debate up even more now, Bonds. And while the game was on, they were playing videos from Snoop Dogg and Drake congratulating LeBron. That, that, even the broadcaster didn't care about oh, the rest th- of the game. And they were all in the crowd too. You knew what was happening. Denzel was front row. There was plenty of celebrities there um, that he got to go up to and share the experience with. And all his family came on the court too, which was great to see. It was great to watch and well done to LeBron. Uh, new Year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot, your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. Coming up on the show, we're going to speak to Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United and Men's 
you're going to pick your best AFL midfield. Yes. Bit of pressure on you. There's a few Brownlow medalists that I've left out. It is a really tough one to do with only seven players and a ruck, a ruck being one of them. It's going to be a good challenge. You can be part of the show too. Text in 0427 154 166. This is the Summer Edition Sports ASA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range. The cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonza, Dan Menzel with you. Um... Men's people can be part of the show. You're about to name your midfield, your AFL midfield, the top class AFL midfield. If uh, you have a, I guess, a, a, an opinion, one of your favourite midfielders, you disagree with me. Oh four two seven one five four one double six is the text line number. This is all thanks to Tire Power's big holiday sale. It's on now. Twenty five percent off selected Kumo passenger and SUV tires. Sports Day SA. Trying to get your hands on the Holy Grail. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. All right, men's, we're going to go through your midfield. Are yes. we going to start with the wingers or yes, where are you going to start? Let's start with the wingers. Uh, and so when you talk about the wing position, this comes up every single year when the All-Australian squad and team is announced. Do you go with genuine wingers or do you just go with midfielders that are stiff not to be in the centre yep. circle? And so... I've got a little bit of both. I want a genuine winger and I want a bit of a hybrid. You can't be put on the wing if you play 100% of the time inside the middle and inside the centre square. So a couple of guys stiff to miss before I name my wingers. Mm. Uh, I've got Josh Kelly stiff to miss. Sam Walsh spends a bit of time out there. Wow. Ed Langdon, uh, as good a natural winger as there is. Correct. He's probably the stiffest to miss out a lot. Josh Dacos and still side bottom from uh, Collingwood. I love the way they play that wing position. But my two wingers that I've got, if I was picking anyone in the competition – uh, Hugh McLuggage from Brisbane Lions. I think he plays that role unbelievably well. Uh, he has 25 touches a game and he's so damaging. If he had 30 or 35 like the other inside mids, uh, his touches would be more valuable than theirs. And on the other side, on the other wing, I've got Callum Mills. Now, Callum Mills plays a bit inside, but he also plays and spends a bit of time on the wing. He also was the All-Australian wingman for 2022. Yep. So it was him and Tuke Miller. Now, Tuke Miller for mine is not a winger. He no, plays on the inside, on ball for the Suns. So I have gone with Callum Mills and Hugh McLuggage. Your thoughts on those two? I uh, like it. I like, I like it a lot. I, I would, yeah, Mills definitely for me. Thoughts on leaving out Langdon because I think that's yeah, the one. You're, you're right. He's the one that is traditional. Yeah, and he would be, I guess, next picked. Yep, I, yep, that's exactly how I would go. So, okay, we've agreed on the wingers. Let's move to the Ruckman. I'll be surprised if you don't agree with me on this one. <laughs> Let's go through who's stiff to miss, first of all. Uh, I'm going to put this guy in there as a stiff to miss because I think he's going to be massive this year without Paddy Ryder, and that's Rowan Marshall. Uh, Brody Grundy has had a great career so far. People forget about that after last year. Wits has been really good for the Suns uh, and was very important last year. Sean uh, Darcy starting to play some great footy for the Dockers. And I think this guy is going to put his hand up all Australian this year in Tim English. He is massive for the Bulldogs, but there is one that is standout above all else, and that's Max Gorn. Yep. He is a six-time All-Australian. The last six years, he's been the All-Australian in, in that team as the Ruckman or on the bench when they've named two. There's no other choice. No, automatic selection. 
So we have our wingers in McLuggage and Mills and the Ruckman in Max Gorn. Now, this is where it got really challenging. So let's move on to our midfield inside the centre square. You can only pick three. Yes. And uh, there is a lot of good names. I'm, I teased uh, before the ad break that there's a couple of Brownlow medalists missed out. Well, Ollie Wines is one of the latest Brownlow medalists. He's not in there. Lockie Neal is not in there either. Wow. Uh, I don't have Andrew Brasher in there, although he's playing and, and are going to ascend into a very good footballer. I don't have Patrick Dangerfield or fellow teammate Cam Guthrie in there either. And the other name that I want to throw up that's stiff to miss is Jordan Degoe. I think he's a massive match winner, but I haven't picked him inside my centre square. These are the three I've gone with, the three best midfielders in the comp, in my opinion, that can blow open games, and that is Marcus Bontempelli, Clayton Oliver, and Christian Petraka. Right. Your thoughts on those three and my emissions from that. Um, I, I'm a massive fan of Cam Guthrie. Yes. And I think he should be one of those three. I believe he's one of the three top midfielders in the comp. Okay, so good. We've had a disagreement. I want to know who he comes in for then out of Bontempelli, who I know you won't take out, Clayton Correct. Oliver, who you love, and Christian Petraka. Uh, Petraka. Okay. You can... Go down the forward pocket. <laughs> oh, we're going to move. We're going to move. It's going to shift him. No, well, it might even be put Tracker on the bench. Yeah, I would. I would have definitely have Guthrie in that top. Three. Okay. Yep. So, all right. So, if you're going to have Guthrie in there, and you might have Petraka as the seventh on the bench option, which I'm yet to name who that yep. is. Uh, it's a very interesting one because Guthrie plays at Geelong, where maybe yeah, he doesn't get the same plaudits that he would. At another team, uh, Lockie Neal, some might have in there as well. Yes. Uh, could have won two Brownlows. But I just think that their match-winning ability is the reason why I've gone with Bontempelli, Clayton Oliver, and Christian Petraka, who was Norm Smith in the grand final only a couple of years ago for a reason. To be fair, you could put 10 blokes in there and, and people would still argue. <laughs> they would. And so I think that one name that people might be thinking at the moment or potentially ready to argue with me on is the player that I've got coming off the bench, the seventh mid, and that is Patrick Cripps. The Brownlow medalist from this season, I didn't squeeze him in over those three that I mentioned in Bonapelli, Oliver and Petraka, but I've got him sitting there at fourth. So he is my seventh midfielder to complement these guys. Uh, that big-bodied mid, uh, I think Cripps uh, could easily sit in that square, that centre square with those three. Yeah, look, I think you've done a fantastic job here to go along with Jade Rawlings' back line. What we do, uh, we'll pick a forward line next week. Are you doing that next week? I have got a forward line, which I uh, am, I think that one's not as obvious as well, so right. I, I'm looking forward to So we'll do a forward mention. line as well, and then once we've picked this, we'll go through that whole team. Whole team and see how it's stack up. It will up. be the Sports ASA team best AFL team. Yes. Um, so just go through that. I'll go through those again. So on the wings, Callum Mills and Hugh McCluggage. Yep. In the ruck, Maxi Gorn. In the middle is the Bont, uh, Clayton Oliver and Petraka. And the seventh man coming off the bench in that midfield is Paddy Cripps. Yes. Yeah, so I want to know, Bonds, you said that you've got Cam Guthrie in there. Who are you taking out of your seven? Then is it Petraka or is it Cripps that you would? No, it's Petraka. You're taking... I, I, like, I like Cripps. Yes. Cripps has got to be part of it, I think. Yeah. Yep, uh, I agree. He's coming off a Brownlow year. Probably with Petraka, I'm looking at his very best. I think yes. in terms of consistency, Guthrie deserves to be ahead. But I'm looking at Petraka's very best. And again, I, I talked about them as match winners. I think they are match winners ahead of the other guys. Not by much, uh, but a little bit ahead of Brayshaw, Neil, uh, Degoe, Wines, these sort of guys. I may be wrong. I haven't looked at the stats, but I reckon the ball use of Guthrie is better than Petraka. 
Uh, yes, uh, because he does hit the short a lot more. However, you get uh, a kick that goes over 40 metres as an efficient kick, and Christian does that a lot as well, Bond. So uh, yep. he actually will be quite efficient too. And, um, Kicks goals too. He does kick goals, and he Tracker. can blow a game open. So that's why I've gone with them. I think that um, everyone would have a different opinion on that, and there might be a few omissions that we haven't mentioned from certain teams. Um but uh, it's it's interesting to see. There's so many good players around the competition. We've talked about Oliver and Petraka. One of them would win a brown low if they weren't on the same team. Yeah. And it, that's probably not going to happen with them on the same team, taking votes off of each other. And there's other guys in there that um, can also be complementary pieces and do that as well. So it's, uh, I mean, if I had Langdon in and you had Oliver and Petraka, you had three of your top seven mids from one team. It, it's the reason, probably the reason why I've got them finishing on the top of the table uh, this season in 2023. They they have as much talent as anyone. If they can put it all together, then uh, there'll be every chance to win the premiership again this year. Really interesting. Really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what the whole team looks like after you guys have finished picking it. And a couple, couple of weeks away, we'll, we'll have that for you. We will. Just before um, the start of the season. Yeah, no, we'll be leading the season nicely. And again, you, you can't pick wingers that are just... Took Miller, to me, is not a winger. So I'm, I'm, he's stiff to miss in my midfield, but uh, certainly not on that wing. Ryan Kiddo coming up very, very shortly. Um, Tony Cochran from The Sun stood down today. Uh, let's have a listen to what he said. I decided we're just in such a very strong, stable environment now right across our club whether you look at the playing group whether you look at the staff whether you look at our finances our growth in membership um, our facilities here now on the Gold Coast um, our, our Gold Coast supporter base our, our, our extraordinary academy zones in North Queensland and Darwin you know we are in a really really good spot and I thought you know now it, now's, the, now's the time so he thinks the time's right and he's stepping away yeah. He's been good for the Suns. He has been. Uh, he's been opinionated, which you need from the Gold Coast Suns, to be honest, because otherwise they'll just get walked all over. So he has been very good for them and uh, hopefully has put them in a nice position to be able to contend for finals and get that club finally back on track. Text in from Mario from Maslin's Beach. He thinks that the number one midfielder in 18 months' time will be Nick Dacos. Yes. I mean... Whether he goes from the halfback flank into that midfield permanently, it'll be interesting to see when he makes that jump. Uh, he started to do it last year, but no doubt in that. If he keeps going at the rate he has, uh, he had as good a first year as probably since Joel Selwood did, uh, came into the competition. So it was incredible. And uh, he could be Mario. That's a great call. In 18 months, he might be the best player in the competition. Uh, Tony will join Sports Day SA in round one, uh, chatting with Blighty and Wills. So, uh, yeah, Tony Cochran going to be part of the show. It's time to talk um, some footy of another code. And the round ball from uh, Adelaide United joining us right now. Our next guest is brought to us by the A-League. Football is here with $40 family passes available to the Isuzu Ute A-League men. T's and C's apply. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN And on the summer edition of Sports Day SA from Adelaide United, it's Ryan Kiddo. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, going, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Ryan, it's been a, a reasonably couple of good weeks for the club. You had a good win against MacArthur and and um, 
a win over Brisbane and then a draw against top of the table, Melbourne City. Do you feel the team's building some momentum over the past few weeks? Yeah, I think as we head into the second half of the season, results are key. So um, it's been important to pick up those points. I think both, uh, I think starting with the MacArthur game, that was a, a strong, resilient performance under a difficult situation going down to 10 men early. So to get, win that one was fantastic. Um, I thought we had a good performance over away in Melbourne City, which was also, I suppose, a, an emotionally draining game with everything that happened there. But to come away with a point with what seems to be the best team in the league was another good result. And then to win a, at home against Brisbane and not play our best, I think, is another positive sign. Yeah, look, yeah, Ryan, you touched on the... I want to touch on the Melbourne City game. Uh, you managed to score yourself. You play in that left-back wing position, so it would have been great to get on the score sheet. But to come up against the top of the table, arguably the best team in the competition at the moment, and to probably, fair to say, we probably should have won the game, it must give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's been our biggest challenge as a, as a team. We we seem to uh, turn up for those uh, those big games, should we call it. You know, we know we have to be uh, at our best because a team like Melbourne City, if you're if you're not prepared, will will punish you. So. Yeah, it was um, definitely a positive sign. And like you said, disappointing to not come away with the three points, but um, we'll take the one point away to Melbourne City. So just on that, got the one point away. Take on Western United uh, in Melbourne on this Saturday. We've only got the one win from the eight games away. We've been really good at home, but we've struggled to convert away from home. What needs to change to be able to get the three points this weekend? Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. I feel like we have been in all the games. I think it just comes down to small details. Um, just keeping our focus and controlling particular situations in games. Um, but yeah, Western United, I think that was our one win away from home this season. Um, so that was a positive result. You know, they're a good team, experienced players, and, and they're desperate for a win. So it's going to be a challenging game, but one we're looking forward to. You against Brisbane, I want to go to that game last weekend. Uh, did you feel like you were in control for most of the game or did it feel a little bit clumsy at times? Uh, Brisbane are a very difficult team to play. They like to get numbers behind the ball and hit you on the counter-attack. So um, whilst we did have majority of possession and, and control the game in, in that regard, the was probably a couple of moments where we weren't patient enough and we did turn the ball over and, and caused ourselves a few problems. So obviously that was their game plan and they executed that on a number of occasions. So whilst I felt like we did control possession of the game, it's just about us being patient and, and waiting for the right moment so that um, I suppose we can set up defensively whilst we do have the ball so that we don't get hurt the other way. We're speaking with Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United, the left-back for Adelaide United. Now, Ryan, I want to ask you about your role in the team and your position. Left-back or wing-back at times can be, some in some teams, it's very defensive. It's helped the back four. In other teams, it's pushed forward, uh, really try and set the team up, almost like Craig Goodwin did uh, in years gone. Uh, what's your sort of mindset and the balance on that role? Yeah, it's been one that I've um, developed in over the last couple of years, naturally being an attacker. So the defensive side has been uh, a bit of hard work for me just to pick the right times to go forward and to get back. But obviously playing under a coach like Carl, he, he does like to play attacking, aggressive um, football. So he does encourage me to get forward as much as I can. It's just about picking the right times. And obviously different teams, uh, different styles, the way they play, some teams are going to allow me to get forward more. Other teams, they're not going to. So 
yeah, it's an interesting one and it's a week by week case. But um, yeah, it's really enjoyable to play there and under a coach like Cole because he does sort of give you that free license um, when the opportunity presents. So just on that uh, that license and that role that you're talking about, do you have a, another team, an EPL team that you potentially follow and, and a player that you potentially like to model your game on? It's uh, a good question. I always, all my young players that are, well, what, sorry, growing up, I, all my all the attacking players that I enjoyed. But um, yeah, in recent years, I have started to take more of a focus on um, the defensive side of things. And obviously, I, I go for, well, not obviously, but I do go for Manu in the Premier League. So the likes of Luke Shaw, just watching how he um, approaches the game, how he attacks particular situations. I, I think I really like that element of you really are in that 1v1 duel and you have the opportunity to um, not only stop someone and, but try and make them uh, work hard and go the other way as well. So I've really enjoyed that element and watching yeah, games on the weekends and seeing people um, getting those duels and how they deal with them. You mentioned Carl gives you a lot of encouragement. Does the encouragement come in the form of a arm around the shoulder and a pat on the back or does it come with a finger in the face and yelling, <laughs> yelling at you to do the right thing? Or is there a bit of both? Uh, Carl, no, Carl's definitely, um, uh, I would say, a posit- one of the more positive coaches I have. He, he right. certainly does put the arm around you, and he doesn't just give you love for the sake of it, but he sort of knows how to deal with players in particular situations, and normally he brings in his assistant coaches who are the bad cops, and they can give you a spray if need be. But it's quite interesting. Carl's so relaxed during the week, and it comes to game day, and once it comes to game day, he's not afraid to let you know if he needs to. So... Um, it's a good, healthy relationship he has with all the players. He has all the players' respect, so he can say what he wants to do and, and get a positive reaction from all the boys. Yeah, we hear that a lot. And when we speak to Carl, we've interviewed him a few times now, he does seem very level-headed and composed, so we're, it's good to hear. Um, what about the consistency of the group? Who do you think has been the most consistent player across the season so far? Yeah, that's an uh, interesting question. I think... Um, a lot of players have had their moments. I think in uh, recent weeks, Benny Halloran's really stepped up and he brings that intensity um, up top for us. Like We're a team who likes to press and I think over the last four or five weeks, his intensity um, uh, around the around the pitch has has definitely yeah, helped the team. Um, I think young Joe Gauchy in goals has been fantastic and you know we don't want to put too much pressure on him because he's still a, still a young player learning his craft, but you know what you're going to get from Joe every single week. And then we've obviously got the experience in the midfield with SAS and now with one day going down who was also a consistent performer, there's an opportunity there for some young players. So, yeah, I don't think we're, you know, we've obviously got the superstar in our team being Craig Goodwin as well and we know what we're going to get from him every single week. So, um, but we know where we are as a squad and we know that every single player has to do their job. Um, and in order for us to be successful, that's just the way it is. You know, some of the clubs have, more resources and um, greater funds to work with. So um, what we have in strength is our, is our culture and our team identity and how hard we work for each other. So that's more of an emphasis on um, for our team and making sure we work hard and trust each other and um, we have 11 players willing to do the work. Now, Ryan, uh, a really important game this Saturday, which we have touched on, pl- taking on Western United at Amy Park on Saturday at 4.30 here in Adelaide. Uh, I want to find out, you, you touched on when you played them last time, which uh, was a 4-2 victory away, November the 6th that was. That's a fair while ago. So what can we expect and what do we need to see this weekend uh, to propel us up to that top two bracket? 
yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting game. Like I said, Western United wouldn't have had the year they've hoped to to date, um, being last year's champions. Um, they've had disapp- a couple of disappointing results and find themselves um, near the bottom. But in saying that, they still have the quality and class to hurt any team on any given day. So we know they're going to be desperate. Um, traditionally, Western United are a team that are defensively very strong and like to make uh, it difficult for the opposition, similar to a Brisbane. But... Um, Finding them or playing them in the situation that they're currently in, I'm sort of expecting them to maybe be a little bit more aggressive because they do need to get three points. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how they how they start. But like always, we'll just look to try and bring the intensity of the game and and bring some control and and hopefully when we take when we get our chances, take them and limit them at the other at the other end. Before hitting the A League, you played with West Torrens Bacala locally. Um, is there plans in the future for you to give back to the club and, and maybe finish your career after your A-League career finishes, go back to the old club? Yeah, um, West Torrens Bacala does have a special place in my heart. I'm very appreciative for what they did for me as a player and the opportunities they gave them. And, yeah, I continue to, to support them and try to get to as many games as I can. And, you know, the chairman, Amina Yilby, is still there from when I was, was playing, so I do keep in regular touch with him, and um, yeah, hopefully I can have a long, successful professional career. But um, you know, sports him better than me, especially soccer. So I would like to one day, maybe when I finish playing professionally, have the opportunity to go back and and give in in some capacity to a club that that does mean so much to me. So it definitely would be in the plans. Yeah, I'm not trying to retire you just yet. <laughs> you got some games left under the belt yet, my friend. Uh, what about away from away from the club, uh, work-life balance? So what do you do away from Adelaide United? Yeah, um, definitely that's something Carl does promote with us. He He's very much a, a coach in the mindset of when you're at football, football is the most important thing, but when you step away, you need to have other interests and things that you like to do. So um, for me, um, I'm studying to become a teacher, so I do look for opportunities um, within, obviously, university with com- completing my studies, but also um, a couple of schools that I go in the afternoons and do some work experience in, so Cedar College and also um, a little bit involved with the Scotch College football program as well. Um, so there's some things that I do away in terms of professional development. And uh, other than that, I'm a very proud um, McLaren Vale boy, so I like to get I live back in my in my hometown and just spend time with family and friends and I know that mean uh, a lot to me. So away from the game, I, I've tried my luck to try and swing the golf clubs, but I've given up on that pretty quickly. So <laughs> if the boys the boys are up for a bit of a social event, I'm more than happy to tag along as long as I'm not holding them back. <laughs> Mate, it's uh, been a fantastic chat. We really appreciate you coming on the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Good luck against Western United on the weekend. Get the win and then come home for another home game. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United. The almost the love that he's got there for um, for his coach it just comes through, doesn't it? It's you can feel how much loved that uh, Calvi it is at that club. Yeah, you can. It's it's certainly not put on. It's uh, it's not manufactured. You can tell that it is genuine and uh, players can see through that with coaches in any sport at any level and that's obviously something that Carl's doing very well at Adelaide United and it's reflecting in the results. It's starting to put together some really good games and no one in the league at the moment would want to come up against them because they, no. they should have knocked off Melbourne City. They've been good enough the last couple of rounds at home 
they're going to be it's going to be a good challenge again on the weekend, and they're starting to really uh, put things together in the back half of the season. Big uh, month coming up for them. They got Western United this week. They got Western City at home next week. Then they go to Melbourne to play the victory, and then they come home to play Melbourne City here. So that will be a great game. Yeah, that is a massive month. And uh, if you want to get along to one game, that Melbourne City game, Bonds. Um, that will be a great spectacle. Former Adelaide United player Matthew Leckie playing for the City, so he will be involved in that game. And and uh, Jamie McLaren is leading the goal kicking. That is on March third, Friday, March third. So just before the AFL season kicks off, I yes. believe. So that would be perfect timing to head down to Highmarsh. Sell out. Yeah, come on, Adelaide. I think Get it will be. All right, uh, Ben's. It's been fun again. Thanks for thanks for popping in. No, it's, it's been it's been great. I'm looking forward to Bonds getting some work done in the morning tomorrow, and then tuning in to see how us Aussies go against India on that pitch in India. Cannot wait. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great night. And this has been the summer edition of Sports ASA. Good night, everyone. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road.